Hey everybody, welcome back to Gone Outdoor Radio here on KELO News Talk in Sioux Falls, KWSN in Sioux Falls, KFGO, the Mighty 790 in Fargo, Scotty Brewer, Kyle Ager, Brewer Agri Outdoors. And uh, we are going to chat North Dakota this on this segment. We're going to talk North Dakota pheasants specifically with Rachel Bush, Conservation Program Manager for Pheasants Forever. Uh, it's been a couple of years, I think, since we've had you on, Rachel. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it has been a little bit, but glad to be back. So the North Dakota Game and Fish upland bird counts for pheasants, partridge, sharp trail, grouse are up quite a bit this year. You know, it seems like pheasants, it looked like from what I had seen, the pheasants are up 60, over 60%. Partridge are a couple hundred percent and grouse are over a hundred percent. Some of these yeah. things, some of these things are out of our control. You know, whether it's weather, um, hatches, you know, there are things that are out of our control, but there's a lot of stuff that is in our control as well, isn't there? I'd say the number one most important thing, you know, is habitat. Those, you know, you mentioned those things we can't control. We control weather, but habitat, the quantity and the quality, we can play a role in um, what's on the landscape. And that's probably the, the key driver for, you know, especially pheasant populations is what habitat's available. So, and what kind of habitat, you know, everybody hears the word habitat and they hear conservation. You know, what does that mean? I mean, what are things that people can do to help that? You know, and it's not just farmers. I think in some ways, I think it's everybody. You know, what are things that we can do to make sure that these numbers that we enjoy, we love seeing these increased numbers when we get them. um, How do we make sure that we try and keep those numbers up? So I think, you know, when you think about habitat on the ground, you know, the it's hard to forget what last winter looked like. And so, you know, winter habitat and good thermal cover is always important. Uh, But really what drives a population is nesting success and, and brood recruitment. And so for that, you need nesting habitat. And for pheasants, that means, you know, minimum of 20 acres, undisturbed, herbaceous cover. So grass cover you know, where it's not being out there, you know, you're not hanging it or mowing it or grazing it down too low during the nesting season. Um, And so that's really the habitat that drives, you know, population increases or population declines if we don't have enough of, you know, nesting and birdering habitat. Um, Up here in the Northern Great Plains with a winter, which no one wants to talk about or remember the winter from last year, um, thermal cover is important. And sometimes that's you know, especially if it looks the eastern side of the state, you know, that's cattail flus. Those are thick cattail marshes that those pheasants are going in in winter. So maintaining those, uh, maintaining wetlands and making sure that habitat's out there on the landscape. And if you are planting woody cover, uh, make sure it's wide enough to actually do what it needs to do, which is trap and stop snow and keep areas, you know, free of snow or minimal snow so the birds can have thermal cover and not get covered up um, with any drifting. So that's what I mean when I talk habitat on the ground. Other things people can do is, um, you know, the farm bill's coming up for renewal and the conservation title within the farm bill contains a lot of important programs like the Conservation Reserve Program, CRP. So supporting legislation that's conservation friendly is also another thing that we can do um, to make sure that we're able to get the habitat that we need out there on the ground. 
Rachel, just a question. You, you did a great job of explaining the whole habitat piece, which I, I really appreciate both of those components of the nesting habitat and the winter habitat. And, um, and, and then we're, we're talking about the, uh, um, the governmental side of it too, right? Because that's an important piece of it. Um, one of the other pieces that comes to my mind is, you know, the, the hunters and how big of an impact is harvest of these birds? Um, you know, knowing they're a renewable resource, but yet how, how big of an impact does uh, harvest have on populations? So the biologists will tell you, especially when we're looking at, you know, species like pheasants or deer, uh, that harvest, hunter harvest does not, you know, negatively impact the population. Um, of course, we have limits and that, you know, we have those in place so that hunter harvest doesn't impact populations. But for the most part, especially, you know, populations that are well that are robust, that are not on the verge of anything, um, you know, hunter harvest is not going to significantly reduce the population. So, so Rachel, would you consider last winter to be a tough winter? Yeah, it's the toughest one I can recall. And I mean, we're, we're you know, record-breaking or near-record-breaking snowfall. Um, it was a very long winter. So yeah, I would consider last year very tough so which makes me wonder you know we talked about the things out of our control which is weather is one of them if the winter was so bad that thing out of our control but the numbers are still so high you know they increase so much in that tough winter can we really blame weather as a, a factor because last year that apparently wasn't the case right and i mean winters like that and then when we have good production, um, so yes, the birds had a tough winter. I don't think there's a question about that. But when we came into spring, all that snow melt created a lot of moisture, and we had a lot of lush green vegetation. We had con we've had consistent rains throughout the growing season, which means we've had moisture. Moisture means more insects, um, and so the birds have been able to respond to these good nesting conditions. And I, I mean, for me as biologists, I gave lots of podcasts about, Oh, the tough winter. We need habitat. The birds are going to suffer. And the birds make me look like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Cause <laughs> we're not, our numbers are up, but I will, you know, and that's hard to, you know, cause a lot of people don't want to think about habitat. They just, Oh, birds are fine. We don't need to do anything, but it will catch up with us. You know, one of these days we are going to reach the cliff where there's not enough habitat on the ground for birds to respond when we do have winters like we had last winter. And, um, and it, makes, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, your earlier comment now, that uh, that habitat during that nesting period is crucially important to the success ratio of our birds and our hunters in the fall. Right. Yeah, I think hunters are going to see a little bit, you know, because we've had so much moisture out there, um, habitat conditions are going to be in good shape. Um, I've been out for grouse already this year and, you know, the, the rangelands look good, but seeing lots of birds. And I think that'll just carry on into pheasant season. We're going to see, you know, good cover out there on the landscape, which um, makes it sometimes a little bit harder for us as hunters because the birds have more places to go. Um, but for the birds, it's going to be a good thing. So what does predation have to do with this whole scenario? I'm sorry, what is what? Predation. Oh, predation? Um, predation. Yeah, I always, you know, do you remember the old saying, like, dilution is the solution to pollution? Yeah. Uh, you can apply that to predation, too. So when habitat is 
in small blocks, um, depending on the predator community, predators are much more efficient at finding um, and destroying nests or eggs. Um, or, you know, and that's probably what's most important. I mean, yeah, we're going to lose some birds, you know, over winter, um, but it's those losses during the nesting season, again, that are important. But when you have adequate habitat on the landscape in large enough chunks, predators are much less efficient at finding those nests. Mm-hmm. So they really don't, in, in most cases, when you have good habitat out there on the landscape, yes, predators are going to get some pheasants because that's what they do. That's what they eat. Um, but they shouldn't, you know, they're not driving the population. They're not our reason for population decline or low numbers. That makes a lot of sense. It, it sounds like it has a lot to do with habitat and conservation, like you said. Um, it is. It's like a broken record, just habitat, habitat, habitat. Which is what, which is the reason, what, that's what you do every day as a conservation program manager for Pheasants Forever. Um, let's talk about Pheasants Forever a little bit in North Dakota. How many chapters do you have throughout the state? Oh, so I so since I've taken my new position, unfortunately, I've stepped away more from the day to day of of the happenings in North Dakota. I still reside here, but I don't get to deal, you know, with the day to day happenings of PF in North Dakota. But I think we're probably up near, you know, I'd say twenty five chapters, if I recall last numbers. It's plus or minus some because, like I said, I don't deal with the um, the day to day anymore. But yeah, we have pretty robust chapters, and we have strong chapters out there on the landscape. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you guys uh, sink a lot of money into conservation product projects in North Dakota and literally all around the upper Midwest. Yeah, both, you know, through our chapters that we have that, you know, reinvest those funds they raise locally. And then the staff that we have on the ground, which, you know, within North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, we have a lot of staff on the ground that work for Pleasant Forever that live and breathe habitat on a daily basis. All right, Rachel, if people want to find out more about Pheasant for, Pheasants Forever, and if they want to donate, if they want to join, they want to do something to help out, um, how can they find information out? You can check out, the best place to check out is pheasantsforever.org. It's our website. You can sign up for a membership there. You can find a local chapter. Um, you can find out if there's a biologist in your area, if you're looking for you know some habitat advice yourself. Um, and you can see other events that are happening around the state. Perfect. Thank you very much, Rachel. (laughs) Thanks for coming on Gone Outdoors. Uh, No problem. We really appreciate it. We won't wait so long before before we call you again. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Stick around. We'll be back with more Gone Outdoors after the short break. 